news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Good. I've been really excited about this podcast because we're going to talk about my trip to Thailand. So cool. So cool. And having Noel on the podcast as well, sharing what World Help does, which is the organization that I was so fortunate to go over to Thailand with is amazing because she sheds light on a lot of it. But today we're just going to talk about what it felt like for me to be over there and what I saw with my very own eyes. Yeah. And the crazy thing is you can't unsee what you saw. Yeah. Right. It was so dark, babe. Like I was not ready for that. You know, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I knew, but I didn't have any idea. Yeah. And, and, uh, we talked that sex trafficking isn't really a big passion point of yours. You're always um, obviously against it, but not knowing much about it. Right. It doesn't seem to be in our world that we know of. Yeah. And, and uh, you've always been pretty passionate about rocking babies in Africa. So <laughs> a lot different uh, mission trip than what you always envisioned. But yeah, it certainly changed your life. It changed my life. And I think you have a good point of, you know, sex trafficking is dark and evil. And there's so many layers that I learned. I really didn't know anything about it. We had, um, a girl on our podcast, Angie, if you remember, and she was trafficked in Las Vegas. And it was the first time I heard about how that happened. Um, but I never have looked into it. You know, I have a strong desire to travel the world and see all that God created and all the people and try to bring the gospel everywhere. Um, but Thailand was never on my list. Sex trafficking was not the top of what I like a cause, but when I saw it, I felt so called to it. And I think that's just how God works. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that when you were on that trip, uh, I was at a work convention as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, here tell people what you were doing. I, I started hearing so many stories about how bad sex trafficking yeah. is in Sacramento and in um, Scranton, Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. all these different places you never think are an issue. Yeah. But as soon as you start talking about it a little yeah. bit, it's amazing that those kind of things do happen here, but then to go over to Thailand and, and fight and probably the worst, yeah. the worst, but, but you hear the story of, uh, Angie and Angie in Vegas mm -hmm. and you kind of assume that that kind of stuff happens in Vegas. Sometimes, right. But, but it's certainly all over the place and, and certainly mm -hmm. scary. Yeah. And actually the more I've shared my story here in Bowling Green, they're like, no, it's really bad here too. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Now the difference is, um, it's very secretive here. It's not like you can see it where in Thailand you can walk on the streets and buy children, you know, it's just expected. It's expected. Yeah. And so, um, basically just to give people a snapshot 
is I went to Thailand with a group of eight women and they were all pastor's wives and I am not, I am a baseball wife, which is so fun. And I love that too, but it was really cool because these women, um, just are so passionate. And there was a group of them, Brandy, who was one of my, is one of my friends. She, um, had worked with leading and loving it to raise money to build a baking school. And so part of this trip was her and her team got to see this baking school that they had raised all these funds for. So that was super cool. But to take you back kind of a little bit to the nights there. Um, so I went, you know, because Tippy Toes is partnering with world help. So to see what we saw and to be able to come back and relay it. Um, but I will tell you, I was not prepared at all. I had no idea the depth of evil in this world. And then to see it with my very own eyes night after night, it wrecked me like nothing has wrecked me before. I mean, you know, I've been struggling with sleep, finally sleeping good, but I was, I came home with nightmares, like nightmare after nightmare after nightmare, thinking about these children that I was seeing being taken advantage of. And, um, it was awful. Yeah, I think one of the craziest stories you've told is how generational it is. And, mm-hmm. and some of the stories, if you could talk a little bit about, like, in these clubs, yeah, the grandmothers were usually the ones mm-hmm. really trying to push people to, yeah. to pick their 13-year-old granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something. So the first night we got there, and um, we sat and had dinner with two women who are huge fighters. So what world help does is they come alongside local partners there. And so there was amazing women there that were telling us, Hey, this is what we're preparing you for. There's going to be girls outside. There's over 10,000 girls working where we were this night. I mean, 10,000 girls. And, um, you know, I guess knowing that it was sex trafficking, I should have known they would be wearing nothing, but I wasn't prepared for that um, or next to nothing. And so we get in a, in a van and we get dropped off at this first spot and it's um, called Soy Cowboy. And, um, and it actually was filmed in Hangover, Hangover 2. Hangover 2. Is that right? Which um, makes me so mad. And I think in America, we look at those as like funny shows or used to, I know, but knowing what that movie did, it actually helped their tourist industry so much that after that movie came out, they said tourism shot up for people coming over to seek out this specific area to buy these people. And it just like, it makes me sick that we support that. I mean, I don't support it, but like when you're watching those type movies, it's saying it's okay. And we laugh about it here and it's without knowing the depths of the pain that these people are going through that they're truly just taking advantage of. But that's where we were dropped off and we, they said, we're just going to take a walk down the street and then we'll reconvene together, stay with somebody. We'll reconvene together and um, then we'll start taking you into some of the bars and Uh, I start walking and I just start bawling like tears down my face and we get to the end of it. And one of the ladies, one of the big freedom fighters, she looked at me and she said, you need to put your game face on because we can't help them. If you're acting like this, basically, I don't think she said acting like this, but you need to get your game face on. And right there, I was like, 
oh my gosh, we're fighting for these people right now. And I'm not prepared. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, that wasn't your game face. It wasn't my game face. And truly, like we stopped at the end of the first road and I look up and it says there's this nasty sign that says rooms for rent. And there's actually a picture on the video of um, the world help page, the, the one that I'm in. And there's a picture of an image of a man, a very tall man talking to this young girl right outside the rooms to rent. And I feel like that's a perfect description of just what went on when you walk down these streets there were hundreds and hundreds of girls outside of these bars trying to lure you in and then hundreds with inside the bars and they work for next to nothing. Um, but they're all in poverty and you know, poverty is the pimp. I think Noel posted that recently is, um, you know, when you are hungry and need to eat and have no other way and you live in the slums, if you can make a little bit of money doing whatever, you're going to do it. And that's where these girls have found themselves. And isn't it amazing that that's kind of required at 13 years old? Oh, my God. And expected yeah. for yeah. families that that's how they're going to send their kids out and yeah. daughters out is at 13 years old to go support the family. But the ironic thing is the men are going off and becoming monks. Yeah. Which kind of goes back to another passion point of yours for a long time is uh, fatherless mm. um, homes and, and mm -hmm. what happens when fathers aren't, aren't yeah. involved. But the fathers are, boys are let to say not working until mm. they're 20, but then they have to become monks and yeah. kind of commit themselves to religious side of things where right. uh, the women and daughters are going into a vicious world at 13. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because... It was so weird. I didn't see hardly any Thai men at all. Um, now, there were some in the strips trying to lure you in to come watch these girls dance. Um, there were Thai men um, in these lady boy bars, which, hello, I was not prepared for that. I wasn't prepared either. No. So a lady boy bar is they're a lady on top, meaning they have breast implants and then they're a man on the bottom. Um, so culturally these boys, um, you know, aren't able to, I don't know how, go ahead. Well, the, if a family doesn't have a daughter mm -hmm. and only has boys yeah. then that oldest boy Becomes is required a to go and become a lady boy. Uh huh. Yeah, and so the pro that's just twisted all in itself. Um, but again, for sacrifice for the family. But what's so messed up is they start taking hormones at such a young age to try to stunt the growth downstairs, and then they get these breast implants, and then there's these bars. And um, one of two things happens is they get bought and they get taken back to a hotel and um, a man maybe buys them but doesn't realize what he bought because a lot of times they've had so much to drink and beat them up because they realize, I thought I bought a girl, but I bought a boy because these men look beautiful. I mean, honestly, they're in like bikinis, which is so hard to fathom. They're like six foot tall and have all this makeup on, but that a lot of people don't realize that. So they beat them up or they do whatever they do 
terrible things. And then they come back and oftentimes rape the girls that are being sex trafficked to, to prove their manhood. And so it's the lowest of the low, the worst of the worst, but the goal for them would be to send money back to their family. Um, because it is culturally the girl's responsibility to provide for her family. So like you said, Adam, the fathers, if there are such fathers, I mean, a lot of them are fatherless homes, but they're praying. Um, a lot of this culture is Buddhist. And so this particular culture believes that the, um, the father praise and, um, it's the daughter's duty to, um, bring home an income. And so a lot of these kids don't have education. And so when you don't have education and you're hungry and you have an opportunity to make $6 a night, that's what you do. And, um, what killed me, I mean, everything around every corner was just heartbreaking, but I remember them saying to us, um, that they had to turn, um, they had to have 70 drinks in 15 days with people. So you would go in and buy a drink. Now they didn't get the drink, but they got credit for your drink. So they had to do 70 in 15 days. And then they had to have sex with 30 people in 15 days. And, um, that's kind of their quota. And if they didn't reach their quota, they would, um, owe the bar money back. And so, <laughs> I mean, just twisted. And like you said, oftentimes it's an older lady, like a grandmother working a mama sod, um, the bar. So she would be the ones that would, when, when we went in to get a drink, um, and obviously we went in to talk to the girls, the people that we were with were friends with a lot of them. Cause she had been going night after night, year after year, and has formed relationships with them and trying to tell them about Jesus. And, um, and she's just amazing. I'm going to get into her in a second, but, um, but that's what they're wanting is you to buy a drink and, you know, um, they're dancing on poles and people are just buying them left and right. When you walk in, some of the places give you lasers and you just point with a laser to the person that you want to buy. And, um, I don't know. It was like, they, they have numbers. They don't have names, anything. I mean, it's just disgusting. And I think one of the other really disturbing things is that, uh, Thailand basically went and passed a law to prevent it from passed underage. a law that you couldn't be underage. But mm -hmm. what has happened is they've just hidden mm -hmm. what eight to 13 year olds mm -hmm. in the back room and they're harder for, and people like you guys to reach those eight-year-olds mm -hmm. now because now it's illegal, but people still know how to yeah. purchase those, which is even more disturbing. It's it's so disturbing. Yeah, it's so disturbing. And I think one of the questions people have asked me since I've been back is like, did you stick out like a sore thumb? And I thought that was going to be the big thing too, but unfortunately, no. Um, there was not a lot of Thai people going in. It was all Western people. Um, remember I told you that one guy caught my eye because it, he looked just like one of your friends and it was so disturbing to me. And you've been mad at him ever since. <laughs> I've been mad and it <laughs> wasn't him at all, but he resembled, um, you know, this guy. And then also like they resemble people that we see at the grocery store that we see at church, that we see at the library, that we see at basketball games. Their men, our countrymen are there and they're the ones that are funding this sick, sick, situation over in Thailand. And, um, 
I don't know. It's just turned me upside down. Um, so we went three different nights to three different bars. The cool thing and like why we go is this one lady, she has relationships with all these people. And every year on Christmas, she throws a big Christmas party. So she buys their tabs for the night, brings them to a hotel and pampers them, gives them a meal. They get to have Christmas meal. They get to learn about Jesus. Um, and it's become quite an amazing thing. And as you can imagine, if you're being raped, over and over and over and beaten over and over and over to get one night where you actually are making your quota, but you get to learn about Jesus and you get to learn about, um, girly stuff. Like they get their nails painted and their hair done. You get treated, you get served. Like it's such a beautiful place and it's such a way to show Jesus. And so even through the darkness, that's why we went is to, try to bring light. Um, and the real reason tippy toes is wanting to get involved in is involved is prevention. So there's some preschools in the slums and these kids need sponsors and, um, so it can prevent them so they can go on the line of education to get food, um, clean water, medical attention, um, in a safe place to learn. And that's what sponsorship does is it doesn't put these kids on the street and um, their parents do value education. And so knowing that they're in a program like what we saw in Thailand and really what's happening to in India, um, which I don't, I'm not as familiar with, but um, it's, it's a place where we can prevent putting more people on the street because some of the pictures that I've shown in a few years, if these kids aren't sponsored, they go right into the sex industry. I mean, they have no choice. Yeah, and that's, again, culturally, mm -hmm. they don't know that there's a difference. So right. It's so important to be out there doing your thing. Yeah, and, and a chance to dream like these kids don't know. Like to dream like, what do you mean? And I remember I was sitting with one of the girls at the bar and I said, um, "I, gosh, it was so hard because I'm like, what's your favorite color? What do you like to do? And I said, do you, do you like what you do? do you like this? Cause I mean, what if they do? I don't know. I mean, to us it's sick. And she said, um, pain is sacri or sacrifice equals pain. And then she had it tattooed on her arm. Um, so she does it truly for sacrifice for her family that that's what she has to do. And, um, it just broke my heart because it's not a choice that they have. But like you said, they never been taught to dream, know how to dream, know even what, how lucky and fortunate we are in the life that we give. This is day in and day out what they're called to do. And I think one of the cool things was you got to go in to the village where they live mm -hmm. and get to see where, what that sacrifice is. Mm -hmm. And that sacrifice is not anything. Oh, like Adam. The homes that they live in, you, you hear stories in Vegas of mm -hmm. if you get into that industry, you make good money and mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's, it's completely... Oh my gosh. Not that same situation. Yeah. That you aren't getting any money for doing that work. No. And the slums are every bit of that word. Um, nasty, like, you know, me and cats. There was like cats everywhere. There were roosters. There was sewage. There, no toilets, right? No toilets. Um, no, it was disgusting. There was cardboard as roofs, um, cardboard or plywood as the bottom. I mean, there's no water. There's no air conditioning. There's no lights. So think about these little kids. Their moms um, 
go off to work at night and they have nothing and they're just there. They're just there. Now there's elderly there that I am guessing care for the kids um, a lot, but there's nothing there. And so um, to know that, you know, sponsoring a child could give them something and not just to be stranded, um, man, but these slums are, like I said, every sense of the word, but right in the heart of the slums was this amazing preschool that talk about light. Like, I mean, it was the most amazing experience I've ever (laughs) gotten to be part of, you know, how much I love teaching kids. Um, but this was just like so special. Um, I got to, I think there was maybe 16 of them and, you know, I tried to talk to him while we colored and I tried to look at pictures with them and relate. And it was the moment that I turned on the music that, man, they were smiling, they were jumping, they were dancing around, they were following me. And I thought, man, dance is a universal language, you know, and everybody um, was engaged and in and it, it went too fast for me. But I saw, man, these kids can dream and hope because they're safe and put in this preschool. Yeah. And I think, uh, not to make light of what happened, but one of the things that you talked about was it was so hard on you guys that y'all would go to get massages Mm. afterwards. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about, they weren't comforting. It was the worst massage (laughs) ever. So we, you know, when we got the itinerary, I was like, Oh, we're going to have massages. And I think somebody said like the Thai massage is super cheap for a really long time. It was like, it was like, I don't know, 20 bucks for two hours. And I'm like, Oh, score. This is going to be awesome. And really what we saw at night, um, was so heavy and hard that a massage, (laughs) I was like looking forward to it. And I was, um, you do couples massages there. So I was in the room with my friend Brandy and there's a point that I'm laughing and a point that I wanted to cry because I'm like, what are you doing to me? And, um, they were, you know, putting, I don't know, like jumping on my back. Basically they folded me over and she's sitting on me and I just start cracking up. I'm like, what does this even look like? And this actually really hurts and it's not fun at all. And so I think one of the groups actually asked him to stop early. They're like, this is the most miserable torture. And actually my friend Brandy was taking Advil the rest of the trip because her neck, I mean, it messed her up. (laughs) It's terrible. So yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't good. Yeah. And uh, and then I also love that you got to go and, and ride around on elephants. Yeah. Kind of get to see what Thailand really is. And you guys yeah. go on water boats. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that there is a lot to offer in that, that yeah. country, but there's some wickedness. Yeah, there is. Then. And the poverty is what causes it. You know, there are middle class people, people with a lot of money, um, but when you live in poverty, you have no choice, you know, and this is where you are. But with world help, they have a sewing school, they have a baking school. And what probably one of the biggest highlights for me is we got to go to their rescue homes. These girls are girls that have been pulled off the streets that have said, yes, I want something different. And they're living in a home, a very safe home. They're learning about Jesus. They're learning English. They're learning school. They're learning um, how to sew, how to bake a trade that then they can go and make money um, for their families. I mean, you know, I bought 
tons of stuff over there, everything I could, earrings and pants and a pillow and stuff um, there because it's beautiful what they have and what they do. And so um, these rescue homes with World Help, again, sponsorship and sending money to World Help helps aid in this. And um, so there is an answer. And I remember there's a song that um, the guy's asking like, God, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why don't you have a solution? And then he realized like, Hey, I'm the solution. And that's what I urge anybody listening to this is go to worldhelp.net forward slash tippy toes. There's a video in real time of me there, um, talking about what happened. A lot of what Adam and I shared today, um, you'll see pictures of, but then you'll see the kids, the kids that need sponsorship, the kids that need, um, money and it's $35 a month. Like it's nothing. And actually I cringing when I go to like stacks yogurt to get our kids something and Hank gets, you know, something in it, like his yogurt costs 10 bucks. And then Lucy and Lola and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we could have put this towards, I'm, I'm really struggling with that in a lot of aspects and not to say we can't do fun things, but $35 to us comes easier than to them there. And so if you do have that, um, I would say it's one of the best things we do as a family is child sponsorship. Would you say? Yeah, we got a lot of them. (laughs) We do. We have, um, we have a lot of them, but it's because I believe in it. Like what are we even doing here if we're not here to help other people, you know? And so we have six little kids from India and then we have Africa, six from Africa as well. And Adam was like, oh, we do. Um, Yeah. And we have them actually hanging in our pantry pictures of them. And every single night when we put our kids to bed, we call them by name and we pray, Lord, help them to have a good day of school, help them to learn about you and help them to be safe and healthy. And our kids saying their names out loud is to me the best way to put them to sleep at night. And I mean, we say them at dinner, we pray for them a lot, but to teach our kids that, that this world isn't just about us, but that we can really, um, make an impact is what life's about. And so, like I said, if you have the extra money or could make, make the extra money or sacrifice, um, sponsoring a child would just be the ultimate. So, Um, there's so much more to share, but I think this will probably do it for today. But if you're interested in hearing more, um, or want to talk, I would love for you to contact me and I could share more about my experience and ways that you can help. So anything else, babe? Good job, babe. (laughs) I love you. I also think, uh, it's so fascinating that we watch the bachelor and bachelorette all the time Mm. and they always go to Thailand and they show this beautiful beach. Yeah. And Thailand is much more than what you see on TV. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we spent a lot of time in the dark places and we were there for work. We weren't there to play. Um, You know, World Help was good with, you know, just taking care of us and making us feel safe and that sort of stuff. But it was definitely we're there to work. And I have a different view probably than what anybody on The Bachelor has about Thailand. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's the most evil place. But I know there's beautiful parts, too. So um, I don't know. Give up The Bachelor. Sponsor a kid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Sarah Noose. 
and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.